0: Our, our text this morning uh, from John chapter 15, um, it, it brings to mind something that I've grown in, in my appreciation of since moving to Washington that I, that I never really uh, had much of an appreciation from or of before, um, and that's wine. Uh, moving to one of the, the few parts of, of the country that is actually a wine-growing region, uh, I've gotten the chance to, to learn from, from a few others uh, about wine. Uh, the way that it grows, the places it grows, um, and, and it's kind of just been something that's been fun and, and unique about living in this part of the country that that grows and, and produces really phenomenal wine. And, and the more that, uh, that I've learned about wine, the more I've grown in my appreciation for and, and just sort of intrigue in, in Jesus' words, I am the true vine. Because looking at, uh, if you go out to to Walla Walla or or Yakima or somewhere in eastern Washington and and you drive through the vineyards there, you learn something. And and you see very clearly uh, a little bit of what Jesus is getting at here in John 15. Because as you know, if if you uh, are interested in in wine or or any sort of uh, fruit, uh, that vineyards have a purpose. Vineyards, they they have a purpose. It's very clear. It's very specific. In fact, it's rather singular. The purpose of a vineyard is to produce fruit. In the case of of a wine vineyard, its purpose is to produce grapes in order that those grapes might produce wine. And, And in very similar fashion, What Jesus is getting at here in John chapter 15 is that we, His people, God's church, has a purpose. And much like the vineyards of of eastern Washington, our purpose is to produce good fruit. Our purpose is to produce things that are pleasing to and glorifying to God who is the vine dresser. The one who cares for the vineyard. He desires that His vineyard, His church, Would produce the fruit that he desires. That it would reflect his goodness, that it would reflect his glory, that it would show his mercy and his grace to the world. That's the fruit that God desires. But perhaps the question for us as we think about this fruit that God desires his church to produce is, in fact, how do we do it? How do we produce this fruit? The vine dresser, God, the Father, He clearly wants His church to bring forth good fruit that is pleasing to Him. But how do we do it? How do we accomplish it? Well, thankfully, Jesus answers that pretty clearly in John chapter 15. He begins this way. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So the father, the vine dresser, he desires good fruit. And in order that he sees it, he does two things. He cuts off the dead branches and he prunes the healthy branches so that they would produce more fruits. Now what's interesting here is that in the the text of Scripture, in the Greek language, that these words for the vines that he cuts off and the vines that he prunes, there's kind of this play on words here. But the Father, he comes through, the vine dresser, he comes through and he iros, he cuts off, he takes away the dead vines. But the good vines, he... Koth Iros, Koth Iros. He prunes them. He trims them. At the root, these actions are the same. But their purpose is slightly different. He either cuts off the dead vines or he prunes the good vines. I think one thing that, that perhaps... Most of us have learned through experiences that pruning is often painful, isn't it? That the way the vine dresser, the father, comes and prunes his vineyard, it often looks a lot like suffering. It often looks a lot like pain and struggle and enduring difficulty without answer of why. That's often what the Father, the vine dresser's pruning looks like. It looks like suffering. It looks like enduring temptation after temptation after temptation. It looks like enduring those thorns in the flesh that the Apostle Paul writes about, that we beg and plead God to take away, but yet for some reason He doesn't. That those things, those sufferings, those temptations, those difficulties that we face in the christian life are the fathers pruning and they are there so that we would produce more fruit. This is actually very reflective of what was Martin Luther's spirituality. For him christian spirituality it took the shape of simply three things. In the latin it was oratio, meditatio, tentatio, which i just like the way that rhymes. But in English, it's very simply prayer, meditation, and suffering. The Christian life it begins with with prayer, with seeking the Father and His will, with laying our, our hearts and our souls bare before His goodness and mercy. And that prayer it moves us to. Study and reflect upon God's Word that He has given to us in Scripture. And when we do those things, inevitably, what we will face is suffering. We will face pain, temptation, hurt, and loss. But the entire purpose of all of that suffering, all deeply into prayer. To drive us back to the Word of God where we discover His mercy and His grace where we hear of the God who loves us who does not forsake us in the midst of our suffering but rather in Jesus enters in and he bears our suffering. The purpose of that suffering, it is God's pruning that we would learn to depend on him more and by depending on him more we would bear fruit. Because it's not through independence that we discover to bear fruit but it's through a greater dependence on Jesus that we can actually bear the fruit that God desires. That's precisely what Jesus says as He continues. Verse 4, "...abide in Me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in Me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit." For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Here Jesus says very clearly that it is abiding that comes before bearing. In other words, that if we want to bear good fruits, if we want to live the lives and reflect God as He desires that we would, first we have to abide, we have to rest in, we have to be connected to the vine. And if we're not connected to the vine, we're not bearing fruit. If we're not connected to the vine, we're dying. First, we abide in Jesus, and then we can bear good fruit. You know, I think this is, is often difficult because it's very contrary to sort of our American way of doing things. Because in our American way of doing things, work always comes before rest. Right? You have to earn your vacation days. You, you have to do before you can be. You have to work before you can rest. You have to to work and toil and labor and spend yourself to the brink before you can rest and recharge and kind of try to refuel just so that you can go back and work some more. But Jesus says that life in Him looks rather different. What Jesus says, what He invites us to is to come first, abide Rest, be connected to Him. Find our life there. And then from that life, we will bear good fruit. We don't work first. We don't work harder. We don't try to grasp at and claw at and claim for ourselves a Christian identity. But rather what we do is we receive this identity by simply resting in Jesus. By being connected to Him. That's what we get to celebrate today. When Peniel is brought forward to be baptized, Peniel will be joined to Jesus. Connected to the vine. When we're connected to the vine, then we can bear fruit. When we're joined to His death and resurrection... It's there that we live a life that is not just leading toward working our way to death, but by being connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus, our life is walking toward new life. Walking toward resurrection life. It's being joined to that perfection of Jesus. Being joined to His cross. Being joined to His empty tomb. And finding our life in Him, we rest in Him first. We're connected to Him first. And by simply being connected to Him, it's then and only then that we can bear good fruit. You know, I think that that sometimes uh, as a pastor, this is often difficult for me to grasp. And and I think for most of us, it's difficult for us to grasp when we often define ourselves by our work. And we can't stop. We can't take a moment to rest Because if we don't do our work well, if we don't achieve perfection, then we lose our identity. We lose our sense of self when we stop to rest. If we don't achieve, then we're not that thing that we've set our hearts on being. Jesus invites us to a very different way of life. He invites us to discover who we are, By simply being connected to him. By simply resting in his perfection. By discovering who we are and who he is for us. And that's the thing that defines us most evidently. It's not race, it's not language, it's not the things that we do, the work that we've done. But who we are is the one who claims us. The God who calls us his own because his son has given himself for us. We get to come and rest in that. And from that rest, from that identity, good fruit will flow forth. Good fruit will flow forth. I think a lot of times we we think that if if we're not seeing good fruit in our lives, that means we need to try harder. We need to do a little bit more i haven 't done enough i, I haven 't tried enough i haven 't checked off the the right number of, of Jesus conversations off the list this week. But where we bear good fruits is being connected to the vine by being dependent upon him by being immersed in his word and in prayer christian maturity it 's about learning to be more dependent, more connected to the vine who is Jesus. And it's only when we're connected to the vine that we will learn to bear the fruit that our God desires. Jesus says, verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In order to glorify the Father, we first need to be connected to the vine. We first need to abide in Jesus and His Word. And once we do that, Jesus in fact promises that our lives will glorify the Father. By learning to be connected to Him, by depending on Jesus, that is the life that will bear the fruit that God desires. It's not about doing more. It's about trusting more. It's not about working harder. Rather, it's about resting more deeply in Jesus, the one who gives himself for you, the one who places his spirit on you. Bearing good fruit consists simply of resting in him, being connected to the vine. And when we're connected to the vine, good fruit just springs forth naturally. You think of those Walla Walla vineyards. The branches aren't working harder to bear good grapes. They're not doing more. They're not gritting their teeth and, oh, just give me a little bit more, I'll bear a bigger grape. They're simply connected to the vine. They simply receive... What they need to bear fruit by being connected to the vine. The fruit that we bear, it's a gift from the vine. It's the vine's life working its way in and through us, out into the world. Reflecting his goodness and glorifying the Father. It's not doing more, it's trusting more. It's not trying harder, it's resting more deeply. And the promise that we have, that when we are connected to the vine, whether we are in a stage of life where we're in suffering, being pruned, or if we're out in the world bearing good fruits, the promise that we have, the invitation that we receive is to come and to find our life in Jesus. Be connected to the vine. Be connected to his cross, his resurrection. Be connected to his life and his words. And your life will bear good fruit. And you will glorify the Father. Amen.